Hey, good day. Uh, this is Rust and Shadows podcast, December 12th, 2020. And I am reading uh, from uh, R.J. Rushduni Radio Messages from his book, Good Morning Friends, Volume 1. And today I'm reading um, chapter called titled No Vacancies. And this was written in um, on December 22nd, 1953. Merry Christmas, friends. Since this is Nativity Week, let's turn our attention this morning to that small town story from Imperial Rome. Two weary travelers once pulled into town in the early evening after a long and hard journey. They hadn't been anxious to travel, but the trip was a matter of necessity. Every man had to return to his birthplace, register for imperial census, and there they were now, but there was no room for them at the inn. The town's one hotel had no vacancy sign out, sorry, all filled up, and they had no place to rest their weary flesh. <clears throat> Probably Joseph made the rounds in Bethlehem, calling on old friends to ask for a night's lodging, saying, my wife Mary is going to have her baby tonight, and we have no place to stay. He, no doubt, received many friendly answers. Joseph, it's good to see you, man. I missed you here in Bethlehem. I certainly wish I could put you up for the night, but I have two uncles, three cousins in town for the registration, and we're all filled up. Perhaps another said, It's a rotten situation, Joseph. They sure fouled up this registration. You know, I'd put up, put you up if I could. By the way, how is business up in Nazareth? Things have been pretty slow here until this registration deal came along, and there's no permanent trade in that sort of thing. And another may have suggested, you'll find someone down the street, perhaps, you'll, who'll have room. I've got too many relatives in town for the week to help. Let me know if there's anything else I can do. And so Mary and Joseph settled down for, <clears throat> for the night in the barn by the inn, and there Jesus was born. No one had room for God, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, when he came to this earth. There was no help, no one to help Mary that evening as she gave birth to her firstborn son. Joseph probably helped all he could, but how, how much help is a husband in such circumstances? Well, at any rate, when it was all over, it was Mary who wrapped the babe in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. The world's greatest miracle took place in a barn, with the world indifferent to it. I wonder if the same thing isn't happening all too often today among us. Like Joseph's friends, we have our good excuses, but the truth is, is this, there is no room for him at the inn of our hearts. Our souls are busy inns that have no room for the Lord. We have time for everything else, but too little time for him. We say, I couldn't give another hour to the church or to Bible study. I really am all for Christianity, but I just don't have the time to spare, or else we declare, I'm all for missions, but I can't give another dollar to that church. There are too many demands on my money, and I couldn't find a loose dollar anywhere. We mean well, of course, or so we tell ourselves and everyone else, but the plain fact is, is that our lives are filled up, and so we turn the Lord away to make room for our trivialities. Most of us are busier than God wants us to be, or intended us to be. 
We have time and room for everything excepting him who should come first. Will you have room and time for Jesus Christ this Sunday morning? We can be thankful for one thing, although too often there is no room for him at the end of our hearts. He always makes room for us. He summons his guests and bids his servants stop the wayfarers and passerbys urge them in. He brings in the lame, the halt, and the blind. He has men search the highways and byways for more guests to bring in. We say, sorry, no room. And he says, more room, still more room for thee. The contrast has well been drawn by the familiar words of Emily Elliot's hymn, Thou didst leave thy throne. Vesper chimes 134. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. Heaven's arch arches rang when the angels sang, proclaiming thy royal degree. But of lowly births didst thou come to earth, and in great humility, O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. The foxes found rest, and the birds their nest, in the shade of the forest tree. But the couch was the sod, O thou Son of God, in the deserts of Galilee. O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. Thou camest, O Lord, with the living word, that thou shalt set thy people free. But with mocking scorn and with crown of thorn, they bore thee to Calvary. O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. When the heavens shall ring and the angels sing at thy coming to victory, let thy voice call me home, saying, Yet there is room, there is room at my side for thee. My heart shall rejoice, Lord Jesus, when thou comest and callest for me. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, this short study on no vacancies that our souls are busy in that have no room for you. We take time to just be in your word. We have tame, take time for everything else, but too little time for him. So Lord, um, help your people and help me to make more room in my heart for you to spend more time in your word and studying it obeying it and trusting you. Oh Lord, it is Jesus that we look to to come into our hearts. So pray that many people in this time of year would truly come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And Lord, that your word would be proclaimed faithfully, that all who hear would be saved and that you would bring forth many to obey you and trust you in this coming year. Thank you for the closing year. And as I pray today, O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. So help us to humble ourselves, to realize that we have time uh, for you, Lord. We have time to study your word and that oh, we uh, make excuses for everything else. So help uh, help me to use my time, talent, and treasure for your glory in, in this Christmas time. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, you are on Rust and Shadows podcast, and today it is December 13th, 2020.
And I'm reading from R.J. Rushduni's Good Morning Friends uh, radio messages that he did. Uh, it's the, from Volume 1. And this one is titled, What is Faith? from August 10th, 1954. Good morning, friends. In recent weeks, we have been discussing certain doctrines which may, many people would consider remote and abstract. A common opinion has it that we can believe uh, we can believe as we please, as long as we have the proper spirit. In other words, your religion is not important, your attitudes are. You can be a Buddhist or a Mohammedan, a modernist or an Orthodox Christian, and it doesn't make any difference as long as your heart is right i.e., as long as you have the proper spirit, as long as you have faith. This opinion is a very popular one. (laughs) This opinion is a very popular one, unfortunately. It involves a total religious bankruptcy and a very markedly absurd conception of faith. After all, what is faith? In itself, faith is nothing and has no value whatsoever. Unless there is a knowledge, understanding, and approbation of truth behind it, appropriation of truth behind it, one's faith could be in foolish, foolishness, and a hindrance. Let's put on a practical and homily basis. Let's put it on a practical and homily basis. If I believe that I have a thousand dollars in the bank, my faith is foolishness unless I actually do have that money. Every action on the basis of false faith involves not only foolishness, but danger. For me to write in good faith a check on a non-existent bank account is to invite serious trouble, no matter how firm my faith is. I know a kindly man, now locked up in a mental institution, who earnestly believes that he is a very wealthy rancher with vast holdings in two states and several million in various banks. He is sufficiently convincing in his faith to convincing pe- convince people of it whenever he is released, with the result that bad checks are written which bounce and end up in his, his reconfinement. His faith does not make his checks good, and to compare him and his faith with that of a man who can write good checks is foolishness. In like fashion, we cannot equate a man with faith in a false religion with a man in man, a man having true faith, having faith as such or a proper spirit or sincerity is not enough. A valid faith must faith must therefore be founded on knowledge, and the knowledge must support the conclusions of faith. To have faith in God means not only to believe that He is, but to know Him in His revelation. Faith is nothing in itself. No man has ever been saved on account of his faith, but only through through his faith, or by means of his faith. As Machen has expressed it, faith is merely the means which the Holy Spirit uses to apply to the individual soul the benefits of Christ's death. Let me read that again. As Machen has expressed it, faith is merely the means which the Holy Spirit uses to apply to the individual soul 
the benefits of Christ's death. Thus, faith is not some quality of the soul, a proper spirit, a good attitude. Faith is, according to the Bible, the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11.1 Faith, therefore, is the actual apprehension and partial possession now of things which ultimately are beyond us. This means that to have faith in Jesus Christ is to have faith in a person who is beyond us and unseen to us. He is our hope for the future and for all eternity, and yet we have not seen him or touched him. But true faith is the substance of these things also, and it means not only knowing him in the future, but having him today in our lives. If we have Christ in our lives, in in truth and in power, we do not have his fullness, but we do have his substance. To have faith in Christ means also to have Christ. To believe in a heaven to come for us means also to have the substance of that heaven, though not in its fullness today. So if we believe that God grants peace and love to his people because he is our peace and he is love, then we reveal the substance of that peace and love in our daily living. He, If our faith is in a godless world or in a world gone out of the, of the Almighty's controls, then we show the substance of that faith in uncertainty, instability, and fretting. Thus, we see that, first of all, faith presupposes knowledge. Second, that it is the substance of things hoped for, the essence of things not seen. And finally, we must see that faith is not doing something, but rather receiving something. Faith in itself, the working of God in us, means that we receive the Lord and His salvation as a gift. Faith is not an act on our part, but a receiving by us of God's act in Jesus Christ. The shorter and larger catechisms read thus. How, question 30, how doth the Spirit apply to us the redemption purchased by Christ? Answer, the Spirit applieth to us the redemption purchased by Christ by working in us, thereby uniting to us to Christ in our effectual calling. So let me read that again. Let me read that again. If I can get the page. Okay, so how doth the Spirit apply to us the redemption purchased by Christ? The Spirit applieth to us the redemption purchased by Christ by working faith in us and thereby uniting us to Christ in our effectual calling, thus it being a gift. What is question 72? What is justifying faith? Answer justifying faith is a saving grace wrought in the heart of a sinner by the Spirit and Word of God, whereby he, being convinced of his sin and misery, and of the disability in himself and all and all other creatures to recover him out of his lost condition, not only assenteth, assenteth to the truth of the promise of the gospel, 
but receiveth and rested upon Christ and his righteousness therein held forth for the pardon of sin, for the accepting and accounting of his person, person righteous in the sight of God for salvation. In question 73, how doth faith justify a sinner in the sight of God? Answer, faith justifies a sinner in the sight of God, not because of those other graces which do always accompany it, or other good works that are of the fruits of it, nor as a grace of faith, or any act thereof, were imputed to him for his justification, but only as it is an instrument by which he receiveth and applieth Christ and his righteousness. So, Lord, thank you for this amazing chapter on what is faith, and it is chock full of good information to hold on to, to really the crux of this, Lord, is that it is not in ourselves that uh, uh, produce the faith, it is a gift, and to have faith in God means not only to believe that he is, but to know him in his revelation. So it is through your Holy Spirit revealing yourself through Christ and in your word. And it comes through the preaching of your word and the hearing of it. So, so it is not some quality of the soul or, or a good attitude. It's the substance of things hoped for. So Lord, faith in Jesus Christ is to believe in the person who is beyond us. And I thank you for Jesus uh, giving us the gift, giving me the gift of faith, and that by your Holy Spirit is redeeming your people and working faith in me, and to unite me to Christ by an effectual calling. And this effectual calling is efficacious, meaning that it is sure and certain. There is nobody who can take it away. So Lord, uh, thank you for the gift of faith in this Christmas time. And thank you for this reading uh, from R.J. Rashtuni, um, from his radio message. Lord, help me to exercise my faith, to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, to give you praise, to uh, spend time in your word, to uh, give you the glory and to pray for your church to uh, grow um, and be and 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 really uh, flourish in this this age, Lord, that uh, it would um, shed off its false teaching and that there would be uh, true reformation and Lord that there would be an upswell of peace in our land, Lord, that there would be an upswell of it. Father, I pray for your uh, Holy Spirit to continue to work in lives to save many people uh, this year and for next year. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And to continue to apply, um, increase my faith by your grace and your spirit to continually uh, make my calling and election sure. In Jesus' name. Amen.